Ladies and gentlemen, you're about to experience one of the finest podcasts in the world. It's called Hitting the Mark. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verbalin and the star of our show, the amazing Jeffrey Mark. The amazing. Now I have to hit that bar and be amazing. Well, you know what? It's going to be easy this time because we're going to talk about my friend, Don Adams. And boy, do I have stories to share with you. Yeah, good. I can't wait to hear them. Well, I met Don because I was a member of an organization called Yarmi's Army. Now, Yarmi was Don's original last name. That's the family name. But the organization was not named after Don. It was named after his brother, Dick, who was also a stand-up comedian, not nearly as well known by the public, but much beloved by the people in show business. Dick got cancer, unfortunately. Bad prognosis. So his comedy friends, comedians, directors, writers, took him out to lunch. And he lasted over a year. And he said it was those luncheons that kept him going. When he passed away, they decided to continue the group. And it was going to be a charitable organization, helping people in show business who at one time had a career and perhaps had fallen on hard times or got ill or something like that. And I walk in about five years later to this organization, through the organization, I meet Don. Now, like many of you who are listening, I was an enormous fan of Get Smart, the sitcom he started. And before Get Smart, as a baby boomer little boy, I loved the cartoon Tennessee Tuxedo, which he voiced. And even before that, if I got to stay up late enough, I could watch the Bill Dana show and watch Don be a regular on that. And pretty much that voice, those intonations and the little cliches were already there. So let me give you a little background. So, so Don decides he wants to be a stand-up comedian. And he felt as though his comedy voice would be best served if he did an imitation of William Powell in The Thin Man. So he was intoning the way he remembered Powell speaking in those 30s and 40s films. That's where that, that, that kind of talk came from. What he didn't have was great material. So he had the comedy persona without the material to back him. And he was struggling. And two men came to help. One was my friend, Bill Dana. Bill Dana in those days was pretty much strictly a comedy writer. And I think through Steve Allen, the two were put together. Bill was also struggling. He was writing for Steve living in New York, and was house-sitting for a very wealthy person. So Don came to this penthouse apartment to meet with Bill, thinking it was Bill's. It's like, wow, I'm in good here. I'm with somebody rich. And Well, it was Bill who wrote the, would you believe, stuff. Mystic by that much, all of those little cliched catchphrases of Don's were pretty much supplied by Bill Ford, for which Bill never got any credit because that's who Don was. Bill's original last name was Zachman. If you watch Get Smart, you can see that the music for the show is by Zachmary, 
that's Bill's brother. That was his way of paying Bill back for the comedy material. The other person who helped him was Bob Newman. Don was appearing in Chicago. Don was an accountant who really wanted to write comedy material. He felt that was what his soul spoke to. Went and saw Don and thought that he had the right ability to write specifically for Don and wrote on spec a whole bunch of material for Don. Don looked at it and said, yeah, kid, this is nice, but it's not for me. And, and Bob didn't think much about it. So about 10 days later, when he saw Don Adams on the Ed Sullivan show, doing the material he had written but had not gotten paid for. That's who Don was. And Bob said, if he can do that with my material and I'm not gonna get paid, I might as well do it myself. And that's what launched Bob Newhart as a stand-up comedian who greatly overtook Don in the comedy field. So, so there's all these players at work here before I meet Don. I don't get to meet Don until the 1990s. So I come along a little late in his life. He was still who he was, a charming, surprisingly sexy, very intelligent, very well-educated, very confused man. And there were a lot of people in the business who didn't like him. They didn't like his attitude. They didn't like his constant, and it was true, complaining that he wasn't a big enough star, that he should be a leading man, that he should be doing Shakespeare, that he was trained for so much more than just get smart. He was one of those people who got typecast and really, really resented. So the other comedians who had not starred in a sitcom or made that kind of money were like, we don't want to hear your whining. When Dick was sick, Don wasn't there. Another reason people resented Don. So this is where I come into the picture. I don't have any preconceived notions. I know his material. I know his work. I know Bill. Uh, I know his daughter. I know his son-in-law. Now I'm spending time with Don. And we used to meet for lunch at Factors Deli in Hollywood. We both love Jewish Deli. And because I didn't have a chip on my shoulder, because I had no expectation, right? I couldn't be disappointed because I had no expectations of anything being any certain way. I'd been in show business a long time by that point. I knew that I wasn't gonna be finding the stage persona. I was gonna find a wealthy, mixed up comedian. And, and that's who I sat with. He was very open with me, very open about his failings, his neuroses, um, there's an old joke I won't go into, but the punchline is in Yiddish. Everybody's got a Mishagast. A Mishagast <laughs> is, mish is a peculiarity, a personality, a little craziness, mm -hmm. a little offbeat something in their lives. You know, whether it's crossing your fingers or not stepping on a crack or superstition or the way you eat, anything like that. And Don was full of it. So everybody had a Michigas, I understood that. And we were very good friends. So much so that we were in fairly deep negotiations for me to co-write his autobiography. So there were lots and lots and lots of these afternoons of us together. 
Uh, she liked me enough to hug me and kiss me on the cheek every time he saw me, which I understand is kind of rare. Um, if I were to pick out a highlight of all the lunches, we were sitting there chewing on the pastrami one day, and we were talking about Inspector Gadget, which is another cartoon series he voiced in the 80s, pretty much using the same voice as he used for Tennessee Tuxedo. New character, same voice. Uh, for those of you who are old enough to remember Inspector Gadget, so now we're not talking baby boomers, we're talking gener Generation X or Generation Y, whoever it was that was a kid in the 80s. The, the, uh, every episode, go, go, gadget helicopter, go, go, gadget, whatever. That's how they got into his special powers. And we were sitting and eating, and I said to him, Don, I was a grown man watching them, usually smoking a joint back when I used to do those things. And I said, every week I kept waiting for you to go, 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 gadget penis. He fell on the floor. <laughs> so Don, Don had children and, um, and he was also, you know what, let's start before that. Don was in the military. He was in uh, the Battle of Guadalcanal, I believe. Um, he was in the Marines. Yes. Which, which I'm sure had something to do with how his life turned out later. Well, it gave him the discipline necessary that show business requires. It gave him a thick skin. Some people felt way too thick. Don was proud of his service, uh, how well he did. You know, a lot of people's biographies are tweaked by press agents and publicists to make them sound a little better than they were. We didn't go into great detail about his military service. He was happy to serve, but he lost years of his career, like many people did. Uh, he wasn't one of these, but a lot of actors and comedians and singers who were already established, when they went into either World War II or Korea, when they came out, their careers had cooled down. Some of them never to get them back. Some of them never to get them back at the same apex. Don at least didn't hit until after. So it just, it just took years. It takes years to develop a career no matter who you are. And he resented the loss of those years. This is Hitting the Mark. I am Cindy Verbalin with Ray Carr and our star, the Mark, Jeffrey Mark. 